this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. It's sound check. Stupid piece of shit. Ah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soundcheck, the rock and roll and alternative music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. That's the old intro. The new intro is, wasn't it, where the best the first best and only music, music podcast yeah <laughs> central michigan university no not anywhere just that's it <laughs> no period well it's kind of good that we uh i brought back that old intro because we're bringing back an old idea all the way from maybe season two season three when it was just andrew and i we decided to do some cd dollar bin digging but we should introduce ourselves first my name is michael livingston I'm the host. I'm Ben Ackley. I'm also the host. I'm Brody Britton. I'm also also the host. But uh, as I explained, today we're doing some CD plan. We went to an amazing record slash CD slash tape slash audio store called Flat Black and Circular in Lansing, Michigan, Ben's stomping grounds. Oh, yeah. Do you have any good memories of Flat Black? I mean, that's, that's really where the music love in terms of buying stuff all started for me. Like that's probably where I got some of my first records, some of the first CDs that I owned myself uh, that weren't just around the house. So, I mean, yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's an important record store to me. It's, I also noticed it really spoiled me um, just because it's such a great record store. And I, I haven't really found that many better, at least in the immediate area, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um. I mean, I, one of the big things that's good about Flat Black and Circular for young collectors and people who are just starting is they have really good selection. Mm-hmm. So they have lots of dollar records, and they have lots of cheap CDs, which is what we utilized for this episode. Yeah. Brody, do you want to explain sort of the rules we set for ourselves when choosing these CDs? Sure. Um, uh, we picked um, one CD in the dollar bin that we had either heard or heard of prior to this something we knew was of agreed upon quality by the greater music sphere or just by ourselves in general and then we picked one unknown uh something we'd never heard of before some since uh flat black and circular isn't east lansing uh they got a lot of the stuff from their radio station so it has a lot of radio station labels kind of giving you an idea of what's going in so we kind of went off of that yeah yeah, so those those were kind of the two big rules. It was very useful because it was just picking the CDs based off of the album cover. What does it look like? Band name, if there it was on the album cover. And then maybe that little like three-word description that the radio station would give. Uh, post-punk good was like <laughs> one of them. You know, like that's the criteria we use to pick out these records that we've never heard before. CDs, excuse me. Yeah, so there was a lot of guesswork involved, but I think, generally speaking, we found some relatively rewarding stuff. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'd say. We definitely have some exciting stuff. I think we can just get into it, Let's honestly. Let's launch into it. With that being said, I will present my first CD of the evening. 
and I believe should we start with just playing the music or should I give a little description? You can first? talk about it a little. I'll set it up while you're talking. Okay. Well, I saw this immediately um, and I thought that shouldn't be in the discount section, but maybe you guys will agree that it should have been. This is Chelsea Light Moving. This is the project immediately following Thurston Moore's departure from Sonic Youth after all the drama with Kim Deal went down. Um, he formed up this band with just some um, music buddies and fellow New Yorkers. Um, if you recognize some of these names, um, Keith Wood or uh, Samara Lubiskly, um, John Mulaney. Um, John Mulaney? Wait, yeah, what? spelled M-O-L-O-N-E-Y. Yeah, sorry about that. They formed this kind of tight little four-piece, really just banking off of what Sonic Youth was already doing at the time, very jaggedy guitar, um, sort of light production. And while I can say Thurston Moore's lyrics are not the most promising compared to some of the Sonic Youth material on this record, I think the the goal overall goal of this album was basically to distract himself, form a band, and get back to doing what he loves. And I think overall you can hear that the band had a good time making this record. So this first song I'm going to play is called Heaven Metal. It's the first track on the album. just a little snippet right there um this album as a whole is a lot like i mentioned a little tighter than some of the sonic youth releases that were coming out at this time that were sort of bloated um trying to be more than they were um i really think the track list on this one is really tight very dynamic a lot of tempo changes throughout the record there's never really a dull moment for me at least but i don't know what did you guys think um yeah i listened to this on the way here today actually and i was really uh, I guess emboldened wouldn't be the word, but I was really excited by that first track specifically. I was just like, there's a good sense of melody here. Like I really like just sort of the jingling, twinkling guitars in each ear. And like, it just sounded really good to me. And I was like, this is what, this is what I like when they, when Sonic Youth did is when they would strip it back a little bit and focus on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really excited about that. And then it goes on and it kind of gets more Sonic Youthy, and there are songs that are, eight minutes long and i'm like i don't really know why this isn't four but i mean there's some rewarding stuff i i really i liked uh empires of time as well and then the the closing track communist dies is kind of like a hardcore pastiche yeah that was fun i mean it's it's not like yeah i think i think that's kind of what you find with some of the dollar dollar bin stuff is like it's not the greatest like gangbusters world all-time album Mm -hmm. but it was pretty good. 
I'm curious as to know if Thurston was to come back to this project, what would it be like today? He just put out a solo album um, called By the Fire that was pretty decent in terms of guitar metal disco. Um, But I still do wonder, like, this project is really unique in the fact that he wasn't the strongest lyrically, but the stuff that he did write down is pretty memorable. So I don't know. I, I I think about this record as just like a a benchmark in time for that guy's whole life, um, and no no matter what kind of music Thurston's putting out today, I think it always kind of harkens back to this particular era of Sonic Youth. But um, just based off of that little snippet, Brody, did you find anything uh, worth noting in that track? I mean, I really like the guitar riff, mm-hmm. like the do 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 do. <laughs> um Ben, I believe you're next. Let's get some uh some more music going. Yes, I am. Uh, and for my pick, I picked something that I had heard a song from. I'm familiar somewhat with the band, um, but I just hadn't checked out the whole album yet. I'm really glad I did. On Polyvinyl Records, this is Sunny and the Sunset's Antenna to the Afterworld. And uh very beautiful little package here. A, a cardboard case. Um but this is sort of a so Sonny Smith. I should start. Uh, he's done stuff on his own. He's done stuff as Sonny and the Sunsets. He's kind of a quirky, uh, for lack of a better word, no, songwriter. That, that is the word because yeah. he's not just a songwriter, isn't he? A filmmaker and just kind of yeah, all he's, around. He's a bit of a jack a... of all trades. Yeah. Um, and he he generally relies on more vintage sounding motifs in his music. Um, this is his band's kind of sci-fi slash synth album uh which isn't super heavy on the synths but they're definitely there um but his his sort of touching really emotional songwriting style still comes through in spades um from the pitchfork review i found out that some of the inspiration for this album is sonny had been dealing with a lot of death at the time uh one of his friends was murdered um and then he visited a psychic who gave him a message from a different dead friend um, that said, according to him, uh, this is his quote, through the psychic, Nancy told me not to get too comfortable with loneliness as she had done to go out and live. Uh, this could be what many psychics say. I have no idea and I don't care really. So this is sort of a spacey, bouncy kind of lo-fi, uh, project that relies a lot on delay and reverb. Um, it's, kind of a goofy album on the surface, but it it really does wrestle with that topic of death in kind of an interesting, silly way. Um, I'd, I, if I had to compare him to another songwriter, I'd probably pick Jonathan Richman. He definitely has that same sort of like naive, uh, emotional way of writing. Um, I'm going to play, and this will pardon the delay on this because I'm doing two things at once here, but I'm going to play the track Void. Um, which is near the end of the album. And this is a really, this, this one has some really cool stops in it. I haven't really heard another song that does something quite like this. But um, yeah, track nine, Void, let me get there. I see the void. I see the void. 
very lo-fi. That's one of my top favorites, too. I, I Somehow it lined up to the sort of space theme stuff I really enjoyed, not in terms of, like, the uh, sound, but the names of the songs. Like, Earth Girl was another one I really liked. Then, of course, Void. Um, yeah, all of those were great. I really enjoyed this one, Ben. This might have been my favorite from the bunch, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I, I was really glad to have found it because um, uh, shout out. I think Jim. It's not Jim Keltner, but I found another album. Um, that's it's fun with gum, Volume One. Uh, it's by a guy whose name I can't remember, but he was in the Go, um, and he was. Uh, he opened for Reckless Eric when I saw him live. That's really great stuff, too. But I was really excited to find this one just because I wasn't familiar with it totally, and I knew I should get into it. Mm-hmm. That's probably as lo-fi as it gets, I'd say, that track. But I just, man, yeah, that one really works for me. And there's uh, Green Blood is another standout. That was the song I knew at first. That's kind of a spoken word little love story between Sonny and an alien. And there's a cyborg lover who's abusive to her and... I don't know. It's good stuff. It is quirky. It makes um, it makes me want to study the man more than the music, you know, when I hear lyrics like that and I hear a backstory like that. Yeah. Oh, so other notable tracks for me, at least, um, from my my listen, uh, Mutilator, Natural Axe, Primitive, I had Earth Girl as well, mm-hmm. and Green Blood. Um, but really, the whole album is pretty fantastic. I'd highly recommend anyone go out and find it. And I think kind of shows the bad taste of the people going into flat black and circular that this was in the cheap bin <laughs> but you know we can go to yours for your first one brody oh is this uh is this miss amos miss amos yeah famous amos famous amos well um i picked this one because i guess in the dollar bin nothing nothing was nothing was really popping out at me but i had i had heard of tori Am- amos and i had wanted to get into her because i heard um she was good, um, and I will say this wasn't really what I was expecting. I don't really know what I was expecting, but uh, there's a lot of moments where it's very clean and mm-hmm. very produced, and uh, but it also kind of combines a lot of more like 90s alt-rock stuff, too, with some weirder stuff. So I personally really enjoyed it. I know you guys are kind of on the fence, but... This is her debut, correct? This is her second album. Okay. Or at least her second solo album. Yeah. We can play a little bit, and then we can kind of get into Michael and my thoughts. Yeah, sure. So this is the second track off the album, Under the Pink God.
for the listener, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but before we get into it a little more, um, if you didn't take my advice and aren't watching on YouTube, we're actually playing this all through a a vintage Sony CDP261, um, <laughs> which is making my life even harder than usual. Um, but yeah, this is, you're getting all the, the, the ones and zeros from the CDs here. So I'm sure that's really affecting the sound <laughs> and it's totally worth it. Yes. Uh, you want to go into a little more about what you liked about this one, Brody, before we, what I liked about the album. Yeah. Uh, well, I hadn't listened to her debut little, little earthquakes, but I heard it's a lot more blunt and confessional than this as opposed this is more abstract and surreal and symbolic in its lyricism and i really i really liked that um i i like that kind of lyricism that kind of is more um like kind of it the meaning kind of lies with whoever's listening to it Mm. um and also i liked there are some a lot of stuff on there like god um that um, is kind of a little bit more out there and has takes other influences from uh, the p uh, aside from the piano stuff. The piano stuff isn't my favorite, but I mean, I just I just really love her voice as well. She can really hit the high notes, but that's kind of the basics of what I really liked about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, I just sort of I, I I like Cornflake Girl. That's probably my favorite song from the record. I just kind of wrote meh in my notes, like it wasn't something that I disliked per se. It was just, I don't know if it was something about the production or something about just the style of the songwriting, but it just didn't, like, stand out to me in a big way, particularly, you know? Like, I I think it was just how smooth a lot of the production was, and you didn't really get that from the track we played. That was one of the ones I liked more, but a lot of the time, it's just kind of her and the piano, and I don't really like the way it's recorded. I was also listening to it in the car I think it's something where if I sat down with it with headphones or something, I would have liked it a little bit more, but that's just kind of how I felt. That's also the kind of the nature of CDs, right? The CD kind of controls where you're listening. You know, you listen to it in the car, you listen to it at home, you could have different experiences. My experience with this album was kind of right in the middle. I did like a lot of the more uh, noisier sort of like out, out of on the wall tracks like God, um, when it comes to instrumentation, I'm kind of like you. The the piano stuff kind of took the back seat. However, um, I think when it comes to lyricism, if I wanted to hear really surreal, abstract, and thoughtful lyrics, um, why does Tori feel the need to kind of go everywhere with their vo- with her vocals? That's what I'm kind of feeling. Like if I wanted to hear that kind of stuff, I would scale back the instrumentals a little bit, scale back the cadence where she's moving everywhere um on the vocal scale and sort of just put that at the forefront but that would be a kind of a you know a critique that could not be put into practice right it's it's somewhat reminiscent to me of the fiona apple stuff that we talked about prior i think they're like contemporaries um, and that, yeah, I would say so. I, I think that just generally that genre, whatever that, I don't know if that's Lilith Fair or if there's something more specific or what, but it, it might just be that genre or that sort of just person and piano sound, especially once the production got so clean in the 90s, might just not generally appeal to me. Right. And that's where I'm a little more confused because I loved Fiona Apple. I loved when we covered um, St. Vincent as well. I love when we covered uh, Alanis Morissette and stuff like that. Obviously, 
completely different um, in terms of sound and stuff. But when we're talking about woman with piano, um, I don't know why Tori, at least on this record, came a little lower for me than those others. But maybe I just need to give it a little more thought. I, yeah. need, to, I need to venture into some more albums. It might be a little bit of a slow burner, so we'll just have to see. Um, so getting into our next category, Michael, we have your unknown band. Indeed. Um, so if you want to talk a little bit about this. So from what I understand, and let me let me see that a little bit because I can kind of give a little brief description here. This is what I um, saw when I first looked at the CD. I saw um, Pavement, The Kinks as influences, and then I looked at the, the brief little description here. Indie pop with a satirical slant and storytelling style of Robin Hitchcock with nods to independent music pioneers like Beck and Apples and Stereo. So all of that sounded really, really good to me. So, of course, I picked it up. And I really like the the cover and the title, Etchy Sketchy Skies. Um, and what I got was pretty great, I have to uh I have to say, Brody and I listened to this on the way back up from Lansing, and I did really enjoy it. Um, I loved the the sound that they were going for. I think the the lyrics were really cool, really tongue-in-cheek, as the album promised. Um, we'll get into our critiques a little bit here, but we should probably play some music first. So here's that for you, my man. All right. And what are you going to be playing for us, Michael? We're going to be playing a song called It's So Easy Being Me. I think uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one, Ben, because I... I hope you like this one. Sounds like something you would like. We'll talk about it. It's so easy being me. I do it almost every day. Although I look around and see other bodies I might be, I'll take this one to the grave. It's so easy being me. I hope I do not seem to brag. I'm sure you're talented at you It's not something I could do But for me, I have a knack Other people have problems They tell me all the time They've got problems And I'm stuck feeling fine So definitely you get that, uh, Brody, you kind of called it the 90s slacker vibe that uh, a lot of those bands like Pavement exemplified. I think our main critique after we were finished with this was length. Would you agree? 15 songs was a little, little much. A little much with sort of the same idea running throughout. That that is a actually an outlier of a song because it's short and it's sort of like kind of catchy and sort of tongue-in-cheek in like kind of that child song way most of them are really grandiose fuzzy with horns and like weird instrumentation the first track has a uh uh the sitar on it which was really surprising to me but when you get that over and over again i'm kind of like huh what else that's why this track stuck out to me at towards the end there yeah, um, I listened to this on the way here today, too, and um, apparently this was recorded over a period of four years. Yeah. Um, for me, I found myself listening to this a lot of the time. That track is an outlier, but a lot of the time listening to it and kind of wishing I was listening to Fountains of Wayne uh, was the big band that stuck up in my head. Like, I didn't totally get the uh, 
like pavement comparison. I can see the kinks a little bit with, especially with like a jokier song like that. Mm-hmm. But um, well, actually, I'm a little like I'm a little confused. Are getting Fountains of Wayne? It's all very. It's all relatively. So ignoring the songwriting style is Fountains of Wayne. It's very like streamlined and catchy is what they're going for. Um, but the lyrics is where that comparison mm-hmm. falls apart. That was my big problem with this one. Is I liked a lot of the music, but a lot of the times the lyrics would kind of get in my way. Um, like, for example, the song uh, Etchy Sketchy Skies, you should go listen to. I can't give you a verbatim because I can't find the lyrics anywhere online. But it sort of does... It, it, they kind of sound... Uh, I, I would say all the songs kind of sound like they went on, except for maybe that one, th- like thesaurus.com and or like rhyming dictionary and we're like okay like how can we fit the sentence together I, I think you even made a comment where he said something and you're like wow that's a 10 cent word right I there did say, I did say that I don't yeah. know what in reference to but it, yeah it kind of like in the etchy sketchy skies they're like some branches abut my neighbor's castle and he's trying to cut them but it's such a hassle and I was like come on like there there's a lot of uh, just kind of bs there there's not they're not just saying what they mean a lot of the times they're they're flipping sentences around and like there are lots of times where you hear a sentence backward it's it's like uh if you you know you generally say for example i see a plane up in the sky uh there there's lots of times where they to make a rhyme work they would say up in the sky i see a plane there's a plane it's in my brain so you feel what? like there's a lack of active voice it, in it, it yeah it just it feels like they're not it feels like the lyrics are just sort of not, not even an afterthought it, they just feel amateurish to me i guess is my problem and i think that there's lot like the it's produced pretty well there's lots yeah. of thought put into the melodies and the the songs themselves but i think with the lyrics it just kind of rubs me the wrong way uh i really like a song like uh well, what did i really like i liked uh how long till the jesus satan reunion tour yeah the two-parter there yeah i thought that was pretty fun but even in that one there were some lyrics that kind of made me wince that i had to sort of ignore but um also we might be we might be saying fuck it to video <laughs> oh really what's wrong it, we're just we're trying to do it with three camera setup right now my camera's already dead <laughs> we're we're barely halfway through so uh, maybe disregard what i said about youtube <laughs> all right uh, we're just gonna say fuck it to video uh we'll see we'll see there might be something cobbled together it might just be a, a blank image so mm-hmm. we'll have to see but we can go into my uh my unknown un- unless anyone else had anything on artichoke uh i think i am pretty much wrapped up that being said with these next few albums i think we're getting into some smaller bands maybe some local acts so even with the critique we give you should still go check them out if you can find it oh yeah ben are you uh next up in line here for your uh undiscovered yeah okay so next up is uh the first the the debut album by trans am trans am uh from 1995 uh, this is on Thrill Jockey Recordings. It was made in Canada. Uh, um, and just a very nondescript package overall. I don't, there's not a single picture of the band in here. Um, it's all blue and white. Uh, it's, it's a pretty sexy CD, which is kind of what led True. me to pick it. Um, but I really wasn't sure what to expect, and I did not. I, I was thinking something maybe a little synthy, which I kind of got, but I was not expecting 
entirely instrumental post-rock album, which is what I got. <laughs> oh, so Ben's I know, worst I, nightmare. I know. I was. Gonna, I told Ben, like, out of all of us, of course it has to be Ben that choose the fully instrumental post-rock album. But luckily, I was able to uh, find some stuff to appreciate on this. I don't, I don't think I hated anything, um, which was good for me. So I, I might be growing against my better judgment. Um, <laughs> so uh, Trans Am, um, they were together for five years before this album came out. Uh, and I don't really know, I can't guess what they sounded like before this, but according to Wikipedia, um, this consists, so this was recorded in two days, this album, and it consists of, quote, instrumentals, which were largely improvised versions of simple rock-oriented motifs based loosely on 1970s bands such as Boston, Bachman, Turner, Overdrive, and Yes. I didn't hear that at all, <laughs> so I don't really know what they're talking about. Um, there's a lot of sort of uh, power trio kind of, like, rocking out on this. Um, you're going to hear kind of a combination of the various vibes uh that these that this band has on the track that i'm going to play um but it sort of goes through it's kind of a freewheeling instrumental album and it sort of alternates between synth stuff and straight ahead rock yeah. for most of it um i just don't like how they put yes on the same level as boston and bachman turner overdrive <laughs> it's very interesting it's, it, it's really weird because it's post-rock but then the first picture you get when you search this band is the uh, one of the guys is wearing like a Van Halen shirt. So they appreciate yeah. their classic rock a lot, but they, and then they make pro post rock. So I'm like, all right, this it's, is interesting. It is very interesting. Um, and I picked the closing track, which is, uh, it, it pushes nine minutes. Um, we're listening to all of it. Yeah, we're listening to all of it. American <laughs> Cooter is what it's called. <laughs> My lord. Um, but I really picked this one. So I was listening to this, um, and the uh, there's a sort of an instrumental interlude right in the middle of the album, just called Interlude on Streaming. It's not mentioned in the uh, track listing of the CD, but I heard that, and I heard a little. Uh, I heard a little sort of. piano sound like that and i was like huh that's really familiar to me <laughs> um it, it was it was the same piano sound that exists in my casio sa5 uh tiny duophonic keyboard um so i just sort of filed that away and i was like oh that's interesting i'm not gonna really bring it up on the show uh, and i wasn't gonna bring this up and i wasn't gonna bring it up on the show but the final track is the first part of it based around sounds from this keyboard wow um, so you're going to hear a little bit of that, and then I'll kind of play the uh, keyboard sounds by themselves because this is fun. faith. But it, it must it must mean something that this happened. Track eleven.
that I don't know. That just reminds me of like a a kids theme song from like the nineties. Yeah, I can hear that. It's so it's I don't know. It's not something generally in my wheelhouse, but I found stuff to like. Um, other tracks other than that, I really liked Enforcer, Fire Poker, and Prowler. I also liked a single ray of light on an otherwise cloudy day. <laughs> um, but I, these guys seem to have fun, um, and I really like the synth stuff. It can kind of boogie and move around, and those those tracks are a little shorter. There's there's some longer stuff, um, just the straight-up rock instrumental stuff like Orlando or Balbados that I was like, eh, Balbados. not as much my thing, but um, there were just cameras dying all around the studio. But like here, if I can find it, you can hear... Uh, in the funny section. <laughs> There's that. Oh, wow. There it is. Um, and then here's the... Uh... I can't believe you figured that out. That's crazy. That is awesome. Yeah, I was like, that is super familiar to me, and now I know why. Yeah. But... I, d- I honestly don't have anything to add on to this band because that just blew my mind. Yeah, seriously. So Did, Wait, didn't you... Because uh, we were we were shopping around... Well, at, as we were exiting Flatback and Circuit, they have a free CD place and you got something from a guy from trains oh yeah that was that was another so this is a weirdly coincidental cd which is kind of just it's it's sort of given me like an instant uh nostalgia or sort of an instant like emotional connection to it but we were leaving and they have all these free cds outside which uh you will hear something from one of them later (laughs) but um when you least expect it but but uh one of them was a solo work from one of the guys who's in trans am so there's just these weird little connections all over the place also um, my grandparents owned a low mileage Pontiac Trans Am. Holy shit. And I was going to buy it from them. And then they sold it to my second cousin and he crashed it and also <laughs> converted it to manual. So waste, but let's move on to your, uh, unknown pick Brody. My unknown pick was, uh, Casper Skull's Mercy Works, right? Casper Skull's Mercy Works. And this is a very homemade CD. This is actually printed on the same uh, sort of uh, CDR that I put the soundcheck intro on for today. So I think that's kind of cool because, like, to me, it's like, oh, maybe this was like a, a college band or something, you know, from East Lansing. Is that it? I just think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It is I'll cool. cut it. Okay, I guess not. I guess not <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Fucking just kidding. cool. I guess I'll. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking. The door is over there, Brody. Okay, what are you playing from this? I'm, was it Chicane, Ohio? Chicane, Ohio. Yeah, 
pretty pretty cool. I guess I'll try to say something better this time. <laughs> <laughs> so Casper Skull's pretty cool. This this I was sort of comparing this in my head to Artichoke because that's sort of like of the the things we picked. Like Trans Am's more of a quote unquote real band, right? Um, so like Casper Skull's and Artichoke are kind of right there for me. Th- this record I liked more than the Artichoke record just because um, it, it seems a lot more sincere i guess there's a lot of like tongue-in-cheek on the whole artichoke thing which that in a song or two can really serve an album Mm -hmm. well or if you're really funny it can be great on a whole thing but that for 40 minutes or however long that record was um it can kind of wear on you so i I liked this record there's a there's humor in in it but it's not in your face the whole time you know yeah um oh you go Nothing. My only comment was just like the homegrown quality of the CD and the packaging also translates to the music, which I really like. It was, uh, it felt more just like, like you're kind of saying, earnest, honest. It's, uh, it's something I can sort of relate to more as an amateur musician. Yeah, a, a lot of it, um, a lot of it reminded me a lot of the stuff like you and I used to listen to, tail end of high school, beginning of college, kind of like Beach Fossil. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, like it has a lot of. Dreamy, shoegazy, post-punky like qualities, but it has a lot of um, home-recorded lo-fi kind of bite to it. Yeah, that kind of uh, gives keeps it from being just kind of like straight ahead post-punk or jangle or something like that. Kind of gives it a little bit more character. I really liked it. I didn't dislike the songs with the guy singer, but whenever the guy singer came on, I was like. Nah. <laughs> like his his voice sometimes was a bit not as good as I as the um, female vocalist. So. D- different review for me. My favorite song is track two. You can call me Allocator, which is uh, the guy vocalist singing. I don't know. I assume he's that song reminded me a lot of the National. Yeah, that that was. It's it's more of it's almost spoken wordy kind of. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of oh shit. Um. Yeah, there's some band who's doing that right now. Cheek Face. Mm. It reminded me of Cheek Face a little bit. Um, but it's it's just a really, it has a Paul Simon reference, which is fun. And I don't know, there was just something about it. You should seek that one out because there was just like a real emotion to it to me, mm-hmm. even if he is not a good singer. I he, don't know. He had a lot of moments too that reminded me of um, A Savage from Parquet Cards. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. His voice, especially on that one, really brought that to mind for mm-hmm. me. Which was, I guess, was a weird thing to put it in the context of more like uh, dreamy post-punk as opposed to like uh, funky, funkier stuff. wavy post-punk. Mm-hmm. Punkier yeah. stuff, yeah. I yeah. can see that. But, I mean, this is 2017, so that could definitely be a, that's a possibility. an influence on him. Yeah. But I, I think, so This that's kind of the end of our uh, flat, black, and circular adventure tour. adventure tour yeah. um so we found some cool stuff in there uh but we have a, a bonus section here uh, <laughs> i think you should introduce brody all right um so i'm sure all of you know but for those in the dark i was the music director of 91.5 the mountain <gasps> wow um, oh my are you brody i know i know from wow. local celebrity <laughs> um but yeah so i was last year um 
uh, fall 2020 to spring 2021. And uh, my fellow former music director and friends, uh, I won't name them because I don't know if they'd like that. They know who they are. They know who they are. They're definitely listening. Um, (laughs) But uh, they dropped off some CDs while I was sleeping that I did not ask for. They scared the shit out of me when I was doing the dishes. (laughs) You said Nick was like, Hello. You just appeared at the window. <laughs> <laughs> I said his name, but that's a common name. Um, but uh, yeah, um, they just brought a big old box of CDs that uh, um, the music office had received. Yeah, over it must the be years. just unsolicited yeah. stuff from artists. We get sent a lot of stuff. So me, Ben, and our roommate Will went through them one night, and a lot of it was boring. A lot of it, some of it was good. Like, we saw some artists we recognized, but not a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of it was your kind of just bad dad rock bands or... Uh, bad the, indie rock bands. Bad indie rock bands, bad singer-songwriters. Yeah. But we luckily did find some gems that really that really did put all that aside, <laughs> and it's it's really good. Well, who are we starting with? Um, we're, well, we're going to start with uh, uh, the, the artist we only have one CD from. Um, this is uh, an EP, the eclectic EP from Johnny Rice, now known as <clears throat> the Johnny Rice Project. Um, but this, uh, you j- just seek out these album arts because we, we won't have video at this point, but uh, you should really look. Um, and we were really intrigued by this one because the design is... Uh, <laughs> bad. Uh, yeah. Bad and ugly. <laughs> and sorry if you're listening to this, Johnny, but come on. Um it's just a, a generally speaking it's 2012 and it really looks it in the most 2012 way possible it kind of <laughs> looks like it was made in like a powerpoint or something um but just bad design overall um and uh the music is incredible though right? the music is I, super I incredible well we were really attracted i mean the rest of it, it it's all kind of singer songwritery sounding stuff like the first five tracks play things alice the eclectic one or the two and miss kate that's all like like that could be whatever that could be fine that could be good that could sure. be bad who cares but we were really intrigued by the track marked bonus track <laughs> <laughs> roar of the ganja which seemed to come entirely out of left field <laughs> and we just had to hear it but i have a little more uh, background on johnny oh, rice please, i please. really oh. dove deep on him um in an exclusive 2013 interview with jamsphere.com he said Quote, if I could collaborate with Macklemore slash Ryan Lewis, Lil Wayne, G-Love, or Kanye West, I'd be set on happiness for a few decades. Well, Johnny, unfortunately, you are about to get canceled. So that's too bad. (laughs) If if only we could have canceled him sooner, he would have been at the third showing of Donda. That's true. Uh, Musical heroes, uh, G-Love, Lil Wayne, Ben Harper, and Jack Johnson. Um for the most part, I would say Johnny Rice, uh, at least I'm sure on stage, is a classic wigwag. Wigwag? White guy with an acoustic guitar. Ah, wigwag. Um, but don't worry. Nowadays, according to LinkedIn, uh, Johnny has found God and is currently getting a degree in theology from Grand Canyon University. So I've seen... Hey, Johnny? Um, so, enough of my yapping. I have a little bit more on him, but... Uh, so he's 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 dropped his ganja ing ways. Well, I don't know. Um, 
we'll have to see, but it, it sounds like he, uh, from this track, it sounds like he was very into the ganja. The ganja. He had uh, to write a song about it. <laughs> he did have to. Uh, we all, I, I, you know what? I'm going to say I'm glad he did because <laughs> I've gotten a good laugh out of this. And Mike, Michael hasn't heard this yet, has I've he? I've never My, heard this. So these, these next three uh, CDs, Michael hasn't heard. So here we go. Roar the Ganja. Excited. Bring it. that down a little bit and yeah what's your review thus far michael <laughs> <laughs> mr rice you have brought light into my life <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah um if, if you haven't looked up this album cover uh i guess i can't speak out of turn really i don't know for sure but to me to my layman's eye i don't think that johnny rice is uh, from jamaica <laughs> <laughs> in in spite of that accent that he's putting on there and the rest of the tracks he does not have that accent listen 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 i i don't want to harp on this guy anymore because honestly that gave me a, <laughs> that gave me a lot of happiness it's a hell of a catchy song and it I, sounds honestly, very 2012 what? you know what it, it reminds me of it reminds me of that um oh that, please say what you're think i think you're gonna say that one gorilla song I thought you were going to say the Skrillex song that was in Far Cry 3. Oh, yeah, that, that had Damian Marley on it. But yeah, yeah but um, no, it had, it reminds me of that song that goes like, All My Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Saturn's Barnes. Yeah, That's yeah, what it's called. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so, so what Brody and I kind of figured out from this is this is probably just a studio joke that went a little too far. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know that. He could have very passionate feelings about Ganja. Ganja and Jamaica. Yeah, maybe. But um, it, my guess, uh, with him being sort of a white guy with an acoustic guitar, Wig-wag. is that those guys, a lot of the times, uh, when you're playing acoustic by yourself, you got to make it interesting somehow. So they'll have some sort of like offbeat cover or some sort of funnier song that they use to kind of get the audience into it. If I had to guess, I would say Roar of the Ganja is his. Yeah, well... I'd- I, I guess it could have been that. It could be a studio joke, but it is five minutes. <laughs> it is five minutes. There is a rap verse that I've never been able to listen to the song long enough to get to. Um, listen, but, Mr. Rice, before we move on, uh, you're invited on the podcast anytime. Oh, yeah. You are invited. And I have, I have one more pull from your Jamsphere 2013 interview. Um, <clears throat> so it was a 20-question style interview. Question 16 was, and I'm going to read this verbatim. Do you consider internet and all the social media websites, comma, as fundamental to your career, comma, and indie music in general, comma, or do you think it has only produced a mass of mediocre, quote, copy and paste, unquote, artists who flood the web, making it difficult for real talent to emerge? And part of Johnny's response was, uh, you do have the no talent, 
cookie cutter musicians who have great friends who don't tell them that they need to consider other career options who constantly post awful music that somehow gets circulated. It's existentialism at its finest, yang and yang. <laughs> Jeez. So you can draw lines between him and that quote uh, at your own leisure. I but. think we should move on, though, because I'm staring at this turtle dead in the eyes. <laughs> oh, like... We can move on. Um, this is I have lots to talk about Lori Miller with. Um, see if you can find the promo CD for Just a Frog, because there's like some kid pics style pixel artwork on the cover um but we're just going to play track one from this cd single uh this is laurie miller this is her song just a frog and then we'll get a little bit more into her because uh don't worry you'll be hearing a lot more from her ribbit 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 Should have never jumped in your pond Even tried waving my magic wand You changed a little for a week or four But you went back to being a bigger boy What do you think of that one, Michael? Banger? Certified? Banger and a half. Are you kidding me? Hop, 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 hop. If, if, honestly, when I first, so I heard uh, the disturbing ribbit at the start, and I was like, oh God, what is this? And we were trying to figure out if it was kids' music or not, which uh, I think she does market that as kids' music. The Mm -hmm. next thing we're going to talk about is not. Well, I mean, for maybe your more mature kid. (laughs) Yeah, like a very old, like 18 and up. Like 18. (laughs) Um,. But um, that, musically, Just a a Frog is kind of like a Pixies song. Yeah, in my head I was, in my head I was hearing like gigantic. Yeah. I was thinking like Pixies or like uh, The Breeders more specifically. Like Pixies 2. Pixies 2, The Amps. Is the Amps part of the Pixies? The Amps is another Kim Deal side project. Oh, yeah. Kim Deal going all over the place. Shout but, out um, Kim Deal. It's, I don't know. It was a really confusing song because I thought it was just going to be embarrassing, but it was also kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd... But uh, I, if, if, I have a lot to read from Lori Miller's website, so please, let's, let's get please. into that. <clears throat> this is all, all of her descriptors of herself. Um, Lori Miller, music written from the heart. Uh, and then here are her genres after that. Indie pop rock, uh, parentheses, Linkin Park meets Gwen Stefani. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Punk, Green Day. Pop, okay. Katy Perry, Fergie. <laughs> and this is current. This website was updated this month. Wow. Uh, Hip hop, Macklemore, Will I Am, and singer songwriter, <laughs> Bob Dylan. <laughs> 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 Tom Petty, Cheryl Crow, composer. No examples for that. Multi-award winning songwriter. Hey. Singer-songwriter, Public composer, figure. multi-instrumentalist, professional musician, pr- bass player, producer, music educator, currently working on... <laughs> currently working on 
Finishing the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic CD. <laughs> oh. So I don't know if that's another disease <laughs> or an album. <laughs> but she's played with Cool Papa, <laughs> who wrote <laughs> who wrote songs for John Lee Hooker, Larry James, uh, Johnny Otis guitar, Mark McGee, who is Greg Allman's guitar player. That is spelled with one L, though, so that might be a different one than who you're thinking of. Um, Ricardo Scales, Narada... Michael Walden, Brian Young from Fountains of Wayne. Oh. Um, Buddy Miles, apparently. Uh, Almeida All-Stars, which features Brad Gillis of Night Ranger. Um, and a bunch of other names. Someone that was in Steppenwolf. Sean Kinney from Alice in Chains. Uh, Mike Braun, who played drums for Hall & Oates. She also has five CD released and has licensed music for commercial use. <laughs> Very impressive. <laughs> um, so Lori's site, uh, it features that beautiful main page with all that info, plus many updates. Um, but it also has a guest book with such visitors as Trevor, who said simply, send pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and Sir Smith, whose email is, I'll say it, sirsmith101 at yahoo.com. Uh, he said... <clears throat> Hello, I am Sir Victor Smith. I am one of the many agents sent by the High Priest to bring as many of those who are interested in seeing the light and becoming a member of the Illuminati to the great Illuminati temple. I am a businessman. I own private companies all over the world, but I was once like you. I could not even feed my family. Big assumption about Lori Miller. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> what kind of life was that to live? Question mark, period. I lived in poverty until I saw an opportunity to be a member of the great Illuminati family, and I took my chances, and now I've been a member for close to nine years now. Illuminati makes your business slash careers grows and many other benefits. So if you are interested, write me via my, my mail, Victor Smith. 1972 one at yahoo.com i don't think we should give that out <laughs> it's a it's a scam um so i was uh, i was thinking yeah so uh, the so uh the illuminati contacted her the illuminati contacted her and assumed that she can't feed her family <laughs> laurie please um, protect yourself and so laurie miller sounding relatively normal on that first cd um <laughs> she's a she's an award winner folks uh, so just keep that in mind yeah um this is a more. This is definitely a, a maturation of her. Work. Yes, this is her. This is her wrecking ball. I would say. Yeah, her her uh, her uh, twenty thirteen VMAs. We're gonna and these are her di- these are her disco remixes. There are two songs on here, or dance remix or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Sex Candy is the first song that we're gonna play. Um, and uh, <laughs> he didn't write the song. I didn't write it. <laughs> that is something worth pointing out. The first song was just Laurie Miller writing. Um, this one features a co-writer, so she needed help with these lyrics. Um, <laughs> but uh, just, uh, I really enjoy this. I really do. <laughs> this is very special. So here's a, a bit of Sex Candy Dance Remix.
Hello? Are you a metrosexual? That's the soundboard. That's the soundboard But that... Imagine our surprise. <laughs> so much fun. When we, we heard the uh, the writer of Just a Frog play that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't... Uh, this sort of foreshadows... Uh, if we if we talk about outsider music, um, are we planning on doing that this season or is that I, later? We'll figure it out. But <laughs> whenever we talk about outsider music, this is kind of your first taste of something like that. I really don't... I assume what this is supposed to be is like a joke about dance music being bad or something. Um, I can see that. That's, I can see it as kind of being like a yeah. Maybe we're the dumb ones in this. Situation. I think the tongue. I think tongue <laughs> I is. Think we are. I think tongue <laughs> is in cheek here, but um, uh, it reminds me a lot of the uh, Liz Fair album Fun Style. Yes. Uh, her very bad songs on that album, um, but. Uh, that one, it, it is worth listening to the whole thing. You can find it streaming. Um, specifically worth listening to the whole thing because around the, once you get past like two minutes, there's a part where there's this, <laughs> there's this sound effect that goes, <laughs> and then she goes, you got it in my eye. Oh, God, no. And that you should seek out. But I think uh, to close the Lori Miller segment, which has been the longest part of this episode, we should hear a little bit of the B-side here which is the Boring Disco Remix. Um, and Boring is a song that it was redone as Boring parentheses kids on the back, the B-side of Just a Frog. There's also a regular version. Uh, that, that seems to be the one she really likes. She's redone it a few times in recent years. But you got to hear at least the intro um, to Boring uh, Disco Remix. Big boom boom, I wanna give you a big fat Cuban cigar, chiquita. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Miss Boom Boom has something to say to you about your little cigar, baby. <laughs> big big boom boom. You know, you look real good to me. Everything that you do, girl, just makes me want to fall down to my knees and beg the good Lord, please. Please come home to me. Make me feel good all day and all night. Because everything you do, girl, is just so right. You please me. You tease me. I know you think that you're real cool I know you think you're bad cause you break all the rules I know you think you're real great Lori is, of course, welcome on the podcast as yes, well Yes, please Oh, Lori, yeah, I, I'll, I'll email this to you, Lori <laughs> If you hear this and you want to come on for a Zoom interview Um do some performing we could hook you up yeah with yeah. that we'd be happy to have you um, um you should open the email with hey Lori, you should come on the podcast we'll pay you because i know you can't feed your family <laughs> <laughs> no i think i was gonna say <laughs> you no should... no no come on come on you should come on the <laughs> come on. you should come on the podcast i'll show you my big fat cuban cigar <laughs> we're cutting that up no i'm not <laughs> Or are you a metrosexual would also be a good intro to the email. But 
<laughs> That's the great gift that your friends gave us, Brody. Yes, I don't think they knew they had gold. There was not much gold in there, but there was definitely Lori Miller. And I, my life, for for having Lori Miller in the roar of the ganja, my life has been... Lori's a gem on her own. She's greatly not gold. improved. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, I think it's time for recommendations, which let's, are also coming from CDs. Yes, uh, let's round it out. I will uh, first talk about my the first CD I've ever owned. I didn't wow. give that little tidbit. Um, this is Green Day's Insomniac, which in my opinion is Green Day's best album. With the Hella Megator in full swing, and um, Brody and I were talking some garbage about green day when we were in flat black and circular because we saw a couple of their newer releases mm-hmm. um i would like to harken back to what i think is like a really really solid period in their discography um this is coming after dookie right yes this is their follow-up this is the follow-up to dookie which i think stands toe-to-toe if we're being honest with that same just like punchy you know um tongue-in-cheek like pop punk awesomeness it kind of gets the same treatment as um room on fire by the strokes where it's like it's just dookie too and it's like well yeah that's what makes it good exactly (laughs) and this uh song i got for you here is westbound sign I could get into those first two Green Day albums. I know I should on them a little I bit. I think but. you could get into a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I really enjoy power pop, and pop punk is like I a think step it, away from that. Honestly, if we're just talking solid Green Day releases, which I know music people shit on them, but Dookie, and that album, Insomniac, Nimrod, Warning's Decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. American Idiot is good, despite what people say. So. I think you could get into them, Ben, considering you like catchy stuff a lot. So yeah. yeah, I like his voice a lot too. I think I've I've really warmed up to that in recent years, Billy Joe Armstrong. So yeah, I could check it out. Let's keep moving. Yeah, let's talk about something else y'all should check out. Which this is an artist I've brought on once this season already. Uh, this is Terry Allen, who's Lubbock on everything I brought uh, first episode, I guess, for album openers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but this is a mid '90s album from him. Um, if people pay attention to him at all, it's those first two and people don't really dig into his, uh, catalog after that very much. But I think this, while, uh, this album human remains is not necessarily his best. There's definitely a lot worth talking about on here. Uh, and my favorite song in here and what might be my favorite song of his ever is Peggy leg, which I've never heard anything quite like. It's a, a really beautiful song and a beautiful ode to a one-legged woman who uh, is sort of a torch singer nightclub singer Um, and this is just a fabulous song really it's a a really beautiful duet Um, and this is the kind of country music I really like so I hope you enjoy 
There's a one-legged woman on the dance floor And that a one-leg so pretty she don't need no more She got a graceful demeanor, a pure ballerina And with a beautiful heart Who gives a damn if she's one leg short Cause if you knew Peggy Leg You'd be down at her knee And beg and beg For her to just give you some time of day But she'd just blow you a kiss, boy And twirl's a twirl This is all she'd say Right from the start we got to live with About all a body can do is just stumble on through what God gives to it All you need is a heart And just enough of a brain to get your half ass in out of the rain It's just, I don't know. I, I really like, one of the things I like about country music and country songwriting specifically is it's really plain spoken. And when they use metaphor, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. So like that metaphor of this literal one-legged woman um, who's missing a literal part and just has to go through life mm-hmm. and do her best uh, can be applied to a lot of other situations. Yeah. And I just think, I don't know, It's 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 got that, quirkiness that i really like yeah in terms of interpretation it kind of blows all those country stereotypes out the water too not just slide guitar and you know very reverby shit going on it's like get woodwinds in there and like cool percussion and stuff like that so i would uh i would say go listen to that just to get a cool piece of uh uh, composition as well well uh you uh you said she was a nightclub singer, right? The one like a woman. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, I think at least the intro very much reflects that with like the kind of like the woodwinds he mentioned. Like it kind of gives you a very like like I guess in like a like a fifties nightclub. Yeah, it's got like sort of a loungy lounge, yeah, there you go, thing overall. Yeah, definitely. L- let's get to your recommendation, Brody. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> don't remember. Don't reference the joke. So you're going to talk about your. Okay, yeah, I'll talk about my pick. So, I brought this album on, not necessarily to recommend this album in particular, but um, The Outer Vibe was um, a band, I believe, from Michigan, but I think they're located in Nashville now. Uh, But uh, actually, they were like kind of the camp counselors to a uh, rock camp I went to when I was a young teenager. Um, And they were really cool, and... They actually, this I think this is their second album, maybe. They'd actually uh, been releasing music since they were in high school. So this is either released when they were in high school or shortly after high school. And you know, they aren't they aren't the most successful band. Uh, but you know, they keep making music. They keep doing it. They keep trying. There's there's a lot of inspiration in that. And while this these albums you can't these albums you can only find on CD, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff. I would I would highly 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 recommend. Uh, their uh, 2015 album, I believe, uh, Full Circle, uh, that has um, the song Glass on it. That is my favorite. Yeah. 
And so can you find that stuff on streaming at all? You can only find, unfortunately, Full Circle on streaming and uh, a couple singles. All right, well, let's hear a little bit of this. <laughs> How we doing, shit? Damn, that was easy. <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, that's good to be home, man. Good to be at my, at my home club. It's been a while since y'all seen me, and... And a lot of you might notice if you haven't seen me in a while. I have Is this the wrong CD, Brody? Oh, oh, what? what? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I would say that this this CD definitely took a lot of info from the outer vibe, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Brody, Brody brought a CD in that doesn't have a CD in it. So you were actually just hearing Back Home with Big Ed recorded live at the Comedy Catch 2004. <laughs> um, and this was another free one we found. But a really clean copy. <laughs> Oh, big. Uh, Seven tracks. Um, it doesn't sound derivative of any other redneck comedian that I know. Could you read the track listing for us, please? Yeah, it's seven tracks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe we could hear, like, the title of the jokes. No, I don't. It sounds like he mostly just says shit, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it all, folks. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's basically it. So for this one, just such an amorphous, weird topic, we didn't really know what to play for the play out. Mm. So what we're going to be playing is a little song of our own creation. Yeah. This is uh, one of the great Kindness Texas songs, Union Afterburner, that we're going to play. That was written, I don't know, probably, we're, we're getting close to, it's probably like three quarters of a year ago now or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're hopefully going to have a CD out at some point. We're working on finishing recording stuff and finishing up kind of a track list. Uh, we'll have stuff streaming. We'll maybe put, put out a CD at some point, but we figured if we got the space, the uh, platform. Yeah. And if people like us enough to have stuck around for an hour, 15 minutes of this, then they'll probably like this too. So here it goes. One, two, a one, two, three. Union after burner with your wheels on the ground Left your mark on every little town you got 